0: Hi, this is Sheila Kegel, your host for the Communicate Influence podcast. In this episode, we talk about what organizations can do if they want to communicate with employees about climate change or introduce a sustainability program. My guest is James Murphy, who recently studied with Al Gore to become a climate reality leader. James is also the founder of Be Sustainable, which trains people to become sustainability leaders. He spends a lot of time working with organizations to help communicate climate reality messages and implement sustainability programs. If your organization is ready to communicate one of the biggest challenges known to humankind, James has a lot of ideas and advice on how you can move forward. Welcome to the podcast, James. Hi, Sheila. Hi, how are you?
1: Yes, very well, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good, thanks, yeah. It's great to connect.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I'm really, um, really excited about this. Uh, Obviously, we've uh, we've known each other for a few years, so I'm really excited to start um, to 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 share my experience on uh, sustainability and, and climate change.
0: That's fantastic, and I've got no doubt that many listeners are going to be curious about this because. It's becoming, you know, such a big issue that people do need to communicate it within organisations mm-hmm. and businesses. It's something that can't be ignored anymore. And I think with your experience and knowledge, James, it's going to be a really interesting podcast.
1: Hopefully, because I think um, you're part of the battle with climate change is is communicating it um, and communicating effectively because communication is half of the battle when we're talking about the climate. Um, mm-hmm. and And essentially... What I do is um, help people to communicate the message of climate change effectively and honestly um, from trusted sources.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, before we jump into that, let's um, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, James, and you know, what you've been doing in the last few years, and then we'll jump into that really important subject of communication, not just the message, but how you deliver it. Okay,
1: so, um, so in a nutshell, um, over the last two years, I've um, transitioned my business from um, employee engagement and company culture to um, working with businesses to effectively communicate the climate and sustainability message. Um, I've done that by working with charities, working with journalists, working with scientists. And earlier on this year, I was fortunate enough to be um, able to be taught by former Vice President Al Gore um, about how to um, become a climate reality leader. Um, So so in, in in you know in the last two years i've learned i've learned an awful lot um, i've been able to see an awful lot i've learned um, i've learned how to communicate i've learned the science i'm not a scientist <laughs> so the science is uh, is is not where 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 my specialities are um, mm-hmm. but i've been fortunate enough to, to work with some of the most respected people in the um, climate change arena um, and my my goal is to hopefully work with uh, with people and businesses to to share share this message so we can hopefully create a new collective consciousness of employees communities um, that can find a better um, way to live in balance without with our natural world.
0: That that sounds you know a really really exciting and a, a worthy goal. Let's just touch on the fact that you were you know fortunate enough to to be in on that training with Al Gore? When did that happen and what happened during your training? So Al Gore,
1: um, obviously former vice president, um, has won an Oscar for the Inconvenient, an Inconvenient Truth um, and a Nobel, Nobel Peace Prize winner, um, is a uh, huge um, asset to the, to the fight all, uh, against climate uh, change. And he has uh, started the Climate uh, Reality Project, which has now trained over 20,000 people across the world, to, um, to, to, to educate people about the climate crisis, um, the fact that it's uh, made by humans and how we can effectively combat the, uh, the, the crisis that we're, that we're in. So I was there for three days. Um, it was a fairly full on three days uh, where Al Gore delivers a lot of his, uh, his presentation. He does his slides that are in the film if you've seen an Inconvenient Truth or an Inconvenient Sequel. Uh, and then, obviously, I'm now able to present those slides to uh, to, to, to whoever, whoever wants to listen to me. Uh, but we're also um, we're spoken to by um, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists, uh, climate change scientists, um, to learn the science behind it, but also how to effectively communicate the message. When we talk to people about storytelling, um, we talk about... Um, how you can connect personally. So we talk about experiences that have shaped the way you are, that's completely unrelated to climate change. And then we talk about what's your experience of sustainability or climate change and how do you see the world becoming uh, better in the future? And then I talk about my story. Um, Now, two years ago, literally pretty much to the day I went to rehab and it was when I was there that I then really um, sort of developed an interest in the natural world and developed an interest in sustainability and I, then, I always tell this story to people because it makes people then have, have, a, have a connection with why I'm doing this, um, have, um, and also under, understand why I'm doing it, and hopefully add to that sort of whole um, integrity and genuine aspect of what I'm doing. I'm not just doing this as a, as a business. I'm actually doing it because there is a deeper reason why I'm doing it. And I think if we can inspire people to connect their personal stories, mm-hmm. people will um, automatically have a greater understanding of of the of the crisis that we're in and the um and, and the hope that it gives. Because ultimately, we we can never <laughs> we can never lose 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 faith with this. You know, mm-hmm. there, there are the solutions. We have the solutions at hand. Um, but you know, it's one of the it's it's, pro- it's maybe arguably the biggest challenge that humanity has faced but there's been there's been challenges that humanity has faced and we've overcome them. and mm-hmm. this is just another one and it will take effort it will take time it will take it will, there'll be setbacks but you've got to always have hope
0: yeah and of course listeners uh james referenced his his um story of going to into rehab it was a dark time in your life wasn't it and we have that story on our website that people can read yeah. if they want to
1: yeah no mean one hundred percent i mean i was um I was given a very I was, I was given a second chance you know and yeah and that's why i guess that's why I'm here today really
0: yeah well your passion and your commitment is is admirable james and and I really appreciate you sharing it with us today one of the interesting things I know that that you and I touched on earlier in a, an earlier conversation is not just the message but how you deliver the message which i know that people in marketing and communications always focus on and tell us how you deliver a message that you know many people say don't believe or they think it's quite controversial
1: yeah so so i think when um it's you've got to make it simple there there's no point at all in going into the science a detailed science about it most people are not meteorologists they're not climate change scientists they don't really care you've just got to be able to effectively communicate the fact that it is happening Um, it's man-made it's very simple Um, carbon dioxide in the atmosphere is essentially uh, making our planet change climate at a faster rate than it should be Um, and then you can go on and give examples about this But it's about, um, being very, being very to the point, um, and really not preaching about it. Um, being very based on the facts, um, you know, knowing enough of the, of the science if you've got questions, um, but what most people in business is, that's not really, they don't need to know the science, knowing, knowing that it's man-made, knowing that we created it, um, and also not being all doom and gloom, not necessarily, um, going down how we're all going to be extinct how our planet how our planet's going to be destroyed um, and also being um, knowing the, the solutions that we that we have at hand but but not preaching that's the most important thing like when you start preaching to people you will probably turn most people off
0: yeah i would imagine if you you know if you said to a group of people listen you've got to become vegan by next week they're not going to be thrilled to hear that if they enjoy their steak occasionally exactly.
1: Exactly. And I think you've touched on a very important thing there, actually. So um, a very, very, very good example about how to communicate this on a very simple level is rather than saying, uh, don't eat meat, it would be better to try and influence people to um, eat a plant-rich diet. It's, um, it's simple. Um, a difference in words but can make a very different, big difference because you're not telling people not to do something.
0: What happens though if you go and talk to an organisation or, or you're invited or, or you set up an appointment and you find that people um, a large number of people simply don't believe your message or they don't want to hear it and I know that's a situation that, that people in corporate communications can experience. They don't want to hear about another change so that is is going to take a lot of skill tell tell us how you approach that
1: yeah so i guess there's two ways to look at this um firstly there are some people and there are some organizations that will not care and i would from my point of view i don't necessarily waste my time with with um with, with people like this it's not there are more there are people i think um If you have to look at it, there are are three types of people, three types of organizations. The people that are climate change deniers um, and the people that are already on board with the message. And then the majority of people are somewhere in the middle. And what you've got to try and do is you've got to try and pick out these types of organizations, these types of people that you can actually have influence over. Because Mm -hmm. um, it is a waste of time to argue with a climate change denier and i've done it i've wasted my time and you know it, and it, you won't you will not change their mind it's about it's like it's like arguing with someone that thinks the world is flat you cannot argue with someone that doesn't believe in science. so don't waste your time that's the first that's the first message don't waste your time with people that that that, that, that are so far on the denial side of things um but then i think it's about it's about shaping your message so um it depends on what type of organization you're you're working with and again, again this is exactly the same as, as pretty much all community all, all internal comms. you need to shape your message for your audience and you know if you're if you're typically if you're working with a um a startup that's you know that's got a really vibrant um young culture you're going to find it quite a lot easier to present your message about climate change mm-hmm. um If you're working with a more traditional organization, then you're going to have to tailor it in a a slightly different way. And you you have to maybe go, go about that in a way that's, um, go from the point of view where people are not necessarily on board with your message. Um, be prepared for start slowly. Um, you know, start talking about something. Um, you know, like if you, if you do something like meet free Mondays, for example, um, mm-hmm. and then talk about the reason why you're doing meat-free Mondays. It's because carbon footprint of meat is higher than vegetables. And then you can start slowly bringing in these, these type of things. Um, you know, you can start talking about people to limit their waste. Um, you know, we, we, we are an incredibly, you know, in, in the United States and Canada, in the UK, we are a wasteful society. And, and that is something, you know, these small, small little changes... As, a, as, a, as an organization, you also have to back up your message. So, for example, if you're telling people to reduce their single-use plastic use, give them a water bottle. So uh, you know, don't have, don't have um, plastic cups in your office. And, 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 you know, spend a bit of money, spend a bit of time and a bit of effort to enable people to not use plastic cups, to not go to Starbucks, give them a coffee cup. Um, you know, these, little, these small things can make a big difference and you know if you spend three five dollars on a um reusable um coffee cup across mm-hmm. the organization you're reducing your waste hugely and then talk to your talk, talk, talk to your employees about how many um potential coffee cups you right. have not put into landfill so talk about talk about your wins talk about how you've try to change it and then when people see that this is making a difference it will it will help people it will help maybe make the bigger transition um easier
0: so james when you when you go and talk to organizations do you do you liaise directly with corporate communications or marketing do you make a point of doing that because a lot of what you touched on requires follow-up with you know for example that that positive message about we uh Saved uh, x number of cups this week because you're all using your reusable cup.
1: My first point of call is um, director sustainability, or um, or a like likewise title. Um, on that note as well, one of the things we also work with is um, corporate social responsibility departments, um, mm-hmm. and we try and a, a lot of businesses are actually moving away from corporate social responsibility and moving towards sustainability. Um, it's because Um, for many people, corporate social responsibility seems like a bit of a tick box exercise. Um, It doesn't really have that much relationship to the actual business as a whole. Um, And that's why some businesses are moving towards sustainability. But on that note as well, we definitely always want to have internal communications within our master classes. So the people that usually come along actually are um, sustainability, that goes without saying, um, Risk, because obviously um, you know, p- businesses need to be socially aware of what's going on about policy, about future policy changes um, so they can be on top of things. So they're not going to fall foul of um, policy changes within, within, you know, within the sustainability arena and then internal communications, because ultimately, if you can't communicate this to your wider audience through the internal comms department, it's, completely, it's a complete waste of time doing it in the first place.
0: What kind of tools or tactics or even strategies do you equip corporate communications with or do you leave it to them? Do you, do you work with them or, or does the circumstance de- decide the, the style of working going forward?
1: Sure. So, yeah, So it's, it's, it's obviously different for, for each business. But the one thing we always do is we train people to, to own their own sustainability story or their, their own claim, climate change story. Um. So we, we do a workshop entirely focused all around storytelling um, that's also that, that enables people to relate their own personal experiences to sustainability. Now, that could be poverty or it could be climate change. It could be um, the education of girls. It doesn't really matter. But it, it, if, you, if you use the right tools, most people can connect with sustainability in some way. And then... If they have that connection, then they can make other people connected. they can help other people own their own climate story so storytelling is a really really powerful um powerful tool um, also we there's a very interesting thing that we that we do which is um it's, it's a there's a there's a website it's a, it was originally a book called project drawdown um, and what this does is this actually is the um the science behind, behind what's the most effective way to get to carbon neutral, essentially, by, t- by 2050. The point where, drawdown is where the planet becomes a carbon sink rather than a carbon emitter. Now, if you talk to people about um, sim- simple things like um, how important food waste is, how important trees are, how important the education of girls around the world is... Um, you can dispel a lot of myths um, because a lot of people think um, sustainability is about recycling and that's the most really important. It is obviously important, but there are far more important things. So it's a really great resource um, and it makes people think because if people actually get behind the the idea, get behind the sort of science behind it, they can actually start appreciating um, what needs to be done and actually... Um, on, on this note, so carbon offsetting is quite a big thing at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And that's a really, that's a really good communication tool because you can really engage people in um, in, in ways to um, reduce carbon by carbon offsetting, for example, by planting trees, but also in third, you can um, contribute to clean cook stoves in third world countries. And again, if you're not really, um, if you're not that bothered about the climate, you, can, you might be bothered about poverty. So mm-hmm. it's not about just focusing on one thing. It's about um, focusing across the whole sort of like sustainability issue.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, that's interesting. So there are ways in which an individual can become passionate. They, they look for something that they, they feel kind of a connection with or passionate about, and that's how you could draw them into sustainability.
1: Precisely. It's like a good analogy is if you look at a company um, that has a charity, a company charity, right? And let's say that company charity is um, to save animals. Mm -hmm. If there's an employee that does not care about animals, they're not going to be engaged in that charity. So it's about giving people opportunities to be, to try and find something that they will be engaged in. So that could be, um, like I say, poverty. It could be the education of girls. It could be, plastic in the ocean it could be um reducing carbon it could be there are so many things when it comes to sustainability um some people will not care about it at all and that's uh, but these are not the people that we're trying to um convert we're trying to convert the people that have empathy towards something but you cannot expect you cannot expect everyone to care as passionately as about the climate or poverty as you may do or I may do. So
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: about being aware of, of, of um, you know, of, 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 of who you're talking to. And, and also, you know, in, you, you've got to be aware of people's, people's lives as well, you know? So I've, I'm going to talk from, this is a good example about, um, uh, in, in the UK, for example, um, a free range chicken is about 12 pounds. A battery chicken is three pounds, 54 pounds. Now, who am I to tell someone to spend 12 pounds on a chicken? You know, I have no idea about what what's going on in people's lives. So you've got to be very aware that people have difficult lives. People struggle from, you know, people can't, you know, people might want to have a chicken on Sunday and they cannot afford to spend that on a free range chicken. So you can't make people feel bad by not being as sustainable as someone that has money. And that's why the, um, the, Sustainability, the climate crisis, if you look at the marches, they're very middle class. They're, mm. very, you know, they're, they're not very diverse, and they're usually full of people that are quite affluent. And you've got to be aware of that when you're communicating it. Because, you know, if you're a single mother with two children and you're struggling to put food on the table, you're not going to care about the climate. You're going to care about feeding your children. And you've got to be very cautious on this. And this is where you can't be preaching.
0: To just to digress, that is a big issue. And I can remember reading about that when I was living in Britain that to, to eat a healthy diet and to eat reasonably well costs money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, so if you, if you want to have your five a day, your fruit and veg five a day, mm. you can't do that living on minimum wage because, you know, and that's why you've got the, like, um, you know, people that are generally poor have, have worse health because they can't eat as well. Um, and it is a vicious cycle. It's all, but this is something that employers have to be very aware of when you're talking to people about climate change. Because if you're, if you're, you know, if you're not paying very well, um, in the UK, I think a third of people in poverty are actually working. You know, now, I, I, if, if you're working 40 hours a week and you're living in poverty, you're probably not going to care about um, where your food comes from. You're going to care about getting food and that's the you know that that that, that's that's the that's that's something you've got to be very aware of when you're when you're talking about this because at the moment the climate crisis movement the climate change movement is a very middle class
0: um thing jumping back to communications i mean you touched on storytelling and the importance of storytelling are there any specific channels that you use with storytelling i mean do you do you use video do you recommend that uh, sustainability teams or communication teams in organisations use video or Instagram. We, you know, we live in this age of of too long, don't read. So, what what kind of tools are you recommending in in a, a campaign? You,
1: you've got to be careful when you're when you're promoting um, the good stuff you're doing that it doesn't come across as a bit of a gimmick or it doesn't come across as a as a kickbox exercise. That you've got to be careful that you're not that you've got to be genuine when you're doing it. Um, because um, a lot of companies um, will you know, put really good stuff about what they're doing on, um, um, with regards to sustainability on their social media. But then if you look a bit deeper and they're not following it up, that can have really bad effects for a business. Um, so I think the first thing before you focus on, on the channels that you're going to use, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, your message has got to be genuine, and there's got to be integrity. There's got to be integrity behind it, because you can really fall foul if you're if you're found out. You know, if you're uh, found. Yeah,
0: and that that's one of the main issues, isn't it, for for businesses and organisations this use of social media to get traction, but the inauthentic message. So what it's, you say exactly. is really going to ring true with many people.
1: Yeah, so I think you know when when you do this, um, again, it's 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 like. All communications. If you go at this from a point of view that you're going to try and leverage something that you do that is positive to make your company seem better, it's going to seem disingenuous. So you've really got to start from the very beginning. You've got to work out what's, what's right for, you, for your employees as well. Um, and do it with the, with, the, um, with the backing of your employees. So it's really good if you can communicate this message as something not coming from the top, coming from the bottom of the company, um, you know, it's, mo- it's much, much more powerful, in my opinion, um, for people within the organization to own this, to own the climate, um, their sustainability message.
0: So would one of the things that you would recommend, uh, would it be to um, have small teams or even individuals as you said, uh, uh, you know, the front the front lines or the the grassroots level of an organisation pick up initiatives and move them forward. Is that is that something that you'd recommend yeah. to corporate comms? That, I
1: mean, that is one hundred percent. I think um, the, the, the the one one of the real opportunities we have here with this whole um, sustainability um, the, the, the the sort of evolution of this whole department within organisations is that. We know that the, the world is changing and that things like robotics, artificial intelligence will make people lose jobs. There's no question about that. But there is opportunities. Um, I know I'm digressing a bit, but I will get back to what, I was, what, what the point was. But there is a real opportunity here to retrain people in a, growing, um, in, a, in a growing part of businesses. Businesses will have to have sustainability departments. Now, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to be a sustainability leader within an organization you need to know um how to communicate you need to know just keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on um you know and be able to inspire other people to hopefully change make the change within organizations so essentially you know this is someone that could be from marketing it could be from comms it could be from culture engagement it's a very um it's it's going to be a growth area of, of businesses um it's going to be where businesses are going to be required to do certain things. And a lot of the businesses that I've worked with, they actually they promote people from within to do these jobs. They don't hire people. It's someone that's, you know, that's, that's been there for a while, maybe has done a few different jobs within the organization, um, you know, has good communication skills. And that's, that's where this is a real opportunity for companies. And, and that's, I think, the way that, people, that companies need to look at this. They need to look at it as an opportunity, not something that's... Um, that has to be done.
0: Mm, that's really good. Yeah. a Good point there, that it's, it's a positive thing and it's not, you know, another checkbox exercise.
1: Exactly. Cause exactly. So I think that's, you know, um, I mean, my background has been in, um, employee engagement and culture and, you know, if we, if we take employee engagement and this is something I think I feel quite, quite passionate about. If we look at employee engagement, if you look at the, 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 the global surveys like Gallup and so on, employee engagement doesn't improve. And there is billions being spent on it. Now, I think we have to be very careful not to go down that route and actually think about the actual value that we're adding. You know, we don't want to just go and do a survey and then improve the survey scores. You want to make real, real change. And you can do that by actually, um, by things you can measure, like your carbon footprint, like your waste, um, the impact that you have on your local community, You know, things like this can actually be measured, and it's far more important than just a score. It's actually something that is tangible. And if you can say, you know, um, if you can say that you've reduced your carbon footprint by this much, that's got real value to your employees and to your stakeholders.
0: In Canada, and I'm sure in other parts of the world, we we've got this issue around transition. So we have a climate crisis, yet you know, as you know. Everyone knows people are driving in cars we're using public transport that uses fossil fossil fuels so we can't stop producing fossil fuels because the world would grind to a halt literally. So what are your thoughts on on transition and how that should be handled and communicated and just moving forward in that in that yeah, world of so- transitioning?
1: So you're entirely right. This is a transition and it's not, you know, you cannot stop people flying tomorrow. You cannot stop people eating meat. You cannot stop people driving their cars. And ultimately, sustainability is people, planet and profit. You know, you've got to you've got to take care of your people. You've got to take care of the planet. You've got to still make it have have an economy that works. And I will go back to what I was talking about with, um, with regards to Project Drawdown. Now this is this is um, a scientific way of looking at what's the most effective way. You know, now people think recycling is really important. It's hardly it, it's nowhere near as important as, as many other things. The, the, the for example, the most important. Um, if we could change the way we cool and heat our houses, that is that's important. You know, if we could change as a um, As a society, if we could change the way that um, we educate girls in third world countries, um, that's transformational. You know, food waste in first world countries, that's transformational. Um, So it's about finding out what is, you know, it's all very well, you know, if you have these, like, you know, the the plastics, the metals and the food waste and so on, that's great. But that's not going to be what solves this crisis. And it's about... You know, it's about looking at what is actually really going really to make the, the change. Um, obviously, fossil fuels need to stay in the ground. Um, and companies can make these choices themselves by actually looking at their providers, looking at their energy providers. Can you get your um, energy from renewables? Um, does it cost a bit more? It might do. In, in, in England, sometimes it's cheaper. Um, in many parts of the world, it's renewables are actually cheaper than... Um, than fossil fuels so it's about trying to make these changes but doing it in a um in a sensible way um with the acknowledgement that obviously it's not going to be solved tomorrow you know um this is a it's a process it's a process that needs to happen quick but it's also it's about knowing the right way to go about it um and this is this is a um full-time profession for people you know Large organisations have full teams of people that are just um, trying to improve company sustainability. So this is not something you know. This is not something you can adopt lightly. This is something that needs serious consideration. Um, you need to look at what's possible. Um, for example, right, uh, this is a, uh, one of the companies I've worked with um, was trying to get to zero waste. Now they got to ninety eight percent zero waste. And it was almost impossible for them to get to 100%. So I was just like, don't wait. there's no point in wasting your time on it. The energy you're going to spend trying to get this extra 2% is going to probably be more um, detrimental than actually getting to that 2% because there's more important things that you can focus on. And, and that's it. So it's about, being, it's about the art of the possible. What you can do, um, and don't get, don't get too hung up on being um, zero waste. and Carbon, obviously being carbon neutral, um, that's not having no emissions. That's obviously you can use offsetting and so on. But it's, don't get too hung up on, on the actual details. Look at what's possible and look at it over a range of things. Don't be too hung up on um, – and obviously, actually, you've got to do it for your company. If you're a manufacturing company, it's going to be difficult. If you're a services company, it's a lot easier. You know what I mean? It's, so you've got to look at it from what is, what is your – What is your company um, able to do?
0: Hmm. If there was, so for listeners who, who might be in marketing and corporate communications, but for individual people, if you were going to suggest like one or two things that they could do immediately to help reduce their carbon footprint, what, what would you suggest that they start doing next week?
1: Um, so only buy stuff new that you need to buy. Um, that's, that's a quite simple thing. Um, eat more, um, eat more plants, um, fruit and vegetables, less meat. Um, I'm, I'm going against my own thing. i are saying eat less meat, but, um, but yeah, no, eat a plant, eat a plant rich diet. Um, be, um, be conscious of the way you travel, be conscious of your choices that you make. Um, and that's very important for businesses as well. Businesses on this note, this is a great tool for, for internal comms. Um, and, and reward and recognition reward people that actively try and plan their travel better.
0: It's interesting, as well as like talking about the the one or two things that that we can all do. Um, you also you also touched on reward systems um, in in organisations. So that that's another positive that that corp comms or marketing could get involved in if people are doing the right thing or making a difference.
1: Yeah, one well, hundred. I mean, so so reward and recognition is um, obviously a, a billion. Of dollars industry, um, but if you look at you know, would you would you rather get a discount on your cinema ticket, or would you rather offset? Would you rather someone in a third world country was given a clean cooking stove that helped them um, not you know not not be um, cooking on a on a stove which is dangerous um, and polluting the atmosphere? That you know, try and find out what people prefer. I know what I prefer. Um, I, a lot of the reward and recognition stuff um, people don't use, um, and you can really, you could, you know, look at other ways you can reward people that also has a impact, a really positive impact on our um, environment and our society. So that's a really important way and a good communication tool as well for people. Mm. They can, you know, they, that's that's a positive thing that, that businesses can that can do. You know. Um, if you change the way that you reward people, if you change the way your benefits work um if you know if you incentivize people to um not take company cars and use public transport um if you incentivize people to um, make it easier for them to afford electric cars, put charge points in your car parks mm-hmm. um, th- it things like that you know that, that we're not and we're not there yet. electric cars are too expensive, and we need to influence governments to make them to subsidize electric cars. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But companies can do that too.
0: That, that's really good. I mean, there are a lot of ideas there that people can sift through and uh, look at implementing. Um, you know, one of the things I feel um, is that I read about what's happening in the world. Uh, I read the news a lot, probably too much. And, you know, you see these wildfires in California. We read about the permafrost in in northern Canada and northern Russia, melting. Um, the the potential effects of of the rise in sea level. Um, I, I hate to ask this question because it, it's um, it's not going to have a very pretty answer. But you know what what are the real crises that we're facing at the moment? Which which are the ones that that we should be trying to address?
1: So so yes. Yeah, so over the last two years, I've obviously um, been on a journey learning as much about the climate crisis as, as i can um, and what i've learned can be quite terrifying um, and that's one thing that people when they're communicating they should should be wary of so, so for me um, it's it's a displacement of people that is the most worrying you know if we if we go down the route we're going there will be one billion climate refugees that is the biggest displacement of people there has ever been in the history of, of humankind um, moving away from the equator where it's too hot because of droughts and floods um, if you look at the way um, all of our efforts to, to cut carbon will be absolutely irrelevant if we don't stop burning the Amazon and Sumatra. Um, the, the, the rising sea levels will see island nations disappeared. And that is, these, organizations, sorry, these, these these countries are facing a climate crisis now. We're not in, you know, we live in, I live in England, which is one of the most moderate climates, um, you mentioned um, in in Canada the permafrost melting. Um, you know, your your I did my training in um, in Minnesota. They had winters are becoming warmer. That is affecting the indigenous communities that you know that have lived their ways for, for thousands of years. Um, if you look at the, the global health crisis that's going to be caused by this, we look at tropical diseases that are migrating north and south. Um, you can look at the the number of species. We have, we're up, we we risk losing 50% of all, um, all animals by the end of this century. You know, mm-hmm. the, 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 these are extreme examples, but this is, um, you know, this is, this is kind of why I do what I do.
0: As someone who's going into organizations and speaking to people, you know, as a communicator, how, how are you tempering that message? So people don't feel a overwhelmed and b afraid. Um,
1: so I think um, I've been quite fortunate. So Al Gore, um, he's he's an exceptional communicator. And the, the slide deck that he has is the perfect balance um, of extreme weather conditions, extreme consequences, but also hope. So when, I think when, when we started speaking, I talked about how um, you know, it really comes down to, um, must we change? I think that becomes quite obvious when you look at um, the the weather conditions and the um, extreme e- extreme events that are happening around the world um, can we change yes and that's where we give people hope you know um, you know the, pa- the Paris agreement gives us hope there's no question about that that's the biggest um, a group of world leaders that signed a um, an a, a, a agreement of that kind now that gives us hope for sure you do have to talk about the extremes um, because it's real you know this the, if you if you didn't if you didn't explain it, that would, um, it wouldn't, you wouldn't be telling the truth. And that's mm-hmm. the most, most important thing. But what you've then got to do is you've got to back this up with hope. You've got to give people hope that actually we can change.
0: It's been, it's been fascinating and educational talking to you, James. So I'd like to ask, um, I think a lot of people will want to get in touch with you. How do they do that?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, so my email is probably the, best, probably the best way, which is james at b sustainable dot org. That's just the letter B. Um, there's no There's no E. Um, or on um, on Twitter, it's Murphy F R S A. Um, they're probably the best two ways to to, to get in touch with me. And um, yeah, so like if anyone has got any um, any questions, I'm more than happy to, um, to to answer.
0: James, it's been great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much, and take care.
1: No, thank you very much for having me, Sheila. It's been a real Real pleasure. And thank you very much for giving me
0: this platform. You're welcome. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.